No, gun culture doesn't just eat its own. It outright refuses to support itself. In this episode, I have prepared a list of grievances of experiences that I've had, anecdotes that pl take place within gun culture itself or ones that I've heard secondhand. And I am using these as an example to talk about how this thing that we call the gun culture or this community, so to speak, how it treats itself. But the issue here, and the issue isn't so simple, we could start and end with a series of complaints and go nowhere. However, the point and the challenge is to fulfill our duty as individuals within this community and our culture to bring these concepts forward and provide solutions. So let us begin. Today's episode is being titled, Gun Culture Doesn't Just Eat Its Own, It Outright Refuses to Support Itself. I have taken notes on the subject because it is not one that can be handled uh, without a certain amount of delicacy, especially with the need to be specific about the things that we are concerned for. There is no shortage of people complaining within this community or any other community so forward, but we must be specific. What motivated the episode, though, and this is a, it's taken me about a week of time to make sure I get my notes right and my ideas correct, correct and my, my thoughts together specifically on the subject, is that about a, or last week there was a shooting in Maine. And within hours, if not minutes, a coalition of, well, a loose coalition of support flowed out of this uh, anti- you know, like anti-gun organizations, if that's what you want to call it, the gun control, the pro-slavery, the pro-limitations um, of rights groups uh, were very quick to respond, and it helped us identify. So in addressing gun culture, let's use a metaphor here. Much of gun culture is like a bunch of tribes in an area who spend much of their time warring amongst each other in small fashion, in perhaps what the French would have referred to as petite guerre or small war. But when somebody arrives on their doorstep or on their shores, like the English or Hillary Clinton with a massive uh, overruling gun ban or whatever it is, they, the, these tribes bind together and then they they come together and they push back against the invading army. And this works out really well. But in the meantime, in the periods of peace between large attacks, they, 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 they return to a sort of squabbling status. This can be seen across humanity, but we have an opportunity to address it within gun culture. So on to the list of anecdotal experiences. I have watched a man drive 20 miles out of his way to get a to purchase a Glock 19 for $10 less than what the asking price was at a local store. And it turns out the place that he purchased it was one of those big box ordeals. I've watched this man drive or I watched I've watched this man after draw after espousing the value of shopping local quote unquote, quote unquote uh, I've watched him get in his car spend fifty dollars in gas or thirty dollars in gas to get ten dollars off a Glock nineteen. 
and not only was he willing, not only did he spend more in the gas than the money that he saved on the handgun, but he also purchased it from a big name, a big brand or whatever it was. So certainly your supporting local only goes as far as your $10 commitment. I have watched an employer offer minimum wage to an employee with over 10 years of professional experience with, with uh, the receipts to show. And he did this without a sense of irony, expecting, well, it's a hobby. You don't get to get paid well for this position. And then he wondered why he couldn't retain employees for longer than six months. I have seen companies nearly go bankrupt or bankrupt their own employees, offering them gifts and little trinkets instead of just a little bit of a raise to, co to compensate for the, the cost of living adjustment in their area. And then once again, the employer will go back to complaining about turnover that no one's loyal anymore. I have seen... Uh, I, ha I have been told by an employer who are not even an employer i've been told by a, yeah an employer that i that my uh that after bringing receipts for the money and the value that i produced for a company i got told that i'm not going to receive any compensation for my work done because quote there are 50 more like you in line who will take your job willingly without asking i have seen companies take a man who's building who's built uh, millions of dollars into a company, let him go for no explained reason and hire somebody younger because they can pay him half his wage. I have seen people in this industry come, to, I, I've seen uh, citizens or individuals in this industry refuse to pay an instructor $250 because that's too expensive and then immediately turn around and complain that they're being gatekept from the content of that course. I've watched... <clears throat> people who run a range, uh, a long distance range, I have watched them struggle to get by and have difficulties retaining membership only to when only to, to discover that when you're there and you're younger than 40 and you have an AR-15, you can't get two shots off without getting harassed by some old geezer who hasn't figured out that he's so far behind the times that his faded NRA hat should have been a warning sign that people see him in his garb and avoid him. I have seen people, in, um, I have heard stories from even the owner of TaxSwap, who was on the show almost a year ago, maybe about a year ago. I've, I've seen, um, he told a story about how one user of the platform who had been making his living selling products on TaxSwap for free say that he would never, ever be willing to offer the publisher or the producer or the owner of the website even ten dollars in order to use his platform so i've seen people we've seen quite a list of issues in this industry i've heard of high-ranking individuals in big name companies uh, eventually get revealed or or um what is it eventually get uh, uh discovered to be advocates for the banning of their own products in their own to, from their own customers, we've seen people uh, talk about the importance of community, but when it comes to the harder times that we're facing, or we have faced, they isolate and hoard and prevent anybody else from uh, 
being a part of their world. So the gun culture itself has no shortage of issues and grievances, whether it's conflicts between groups, whether it's between employers and employees, whether it's between uh, in, uh, influencers and marketers and, 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 and money or the exchange of product or the exchange of time. Uh, you know, it's, it's, have you ever, have you ever heard somebody complain about how everyone who's an influencer is a shill getting paid for their fake reviews, but then approach you hat in hand asking for free stuff as soon as they feel like you can get it for them. How many of you have lost friends in this industry because you found out that the only reason why they were in, they were spending time with you or interested in getting to know you was out of the hopes of getting something for free. There's no such thing as a free lunch. There's no such thing as a, or there, there, there is no such thing as a free lunch. And in this industry, you get what you pay for. Some people play, pay with blood, sweat, and tears. Some people pay with time invested and value exchanged. Some people pay with the US dollar. And some people pay with merely their attention. But the question that we face here is how much of, how many of us, how many of us at all, whether we are employers, whether we are businesses, whether we are influencers, whether we are citizens or individuals or community members, how many of us are living on the free subscription model complaining that we don't receive the same treatment as those who are adding value to the system? The gun culture doesn't have an easily defined limit. It's not a easily rostered community. In fact, there's a whole bunch of ambiguity based inside of it, but we still have tried to, over the last decade, center ourselves more on values than on items, and that is part of what this show is about. But there is no such thing as a free lunch, and that phrase is something that gets stated often. Um, uh, that, that phrase gets stated often out of sort of jest and insincerity, and we're going to take a minute to break down how it applies to this community. One element of complaint that takes place, exclu not exclusive, but very loudly within the gun culture, is that influencers or people who spend their time online producing shows like this, or more specifically, shows like Grand Thumb, admin results, anybody who does anything for Leviathan Group and so forth, is that influencers are all just given free stuff or paid to make reviews. And if, you've, if you don't know who I am and where I've been in this culture, I can tell you something of sincerity. The only publications that, that offer money in ex are the, or the only publications and editors and individuals who, who accept money in exchange for favorable reviews are the ones whose reputations are so tarnished you very rarely see them working in this industry anymore. The military, especially in the heights of special operations and JSOC and so forth, has a term called persona non grata. And that term is sort of like a depersoning. In other words, this person, if they are, if they are, um, it's, it's sort of like um, excommunication is the best way to say it. Persona non grata within the, the, the being labeled persona non grata within these institutions and organizations is essentially being excommunicated from that community permanently. 
your it, it, it persona non grata almost means like you, it, what is the latin for it let's just look it up here i used to uh let's see persona non grata is an un unacceptable or welcomed unwelcomed person and so i had to research that because i think it, it i thought it had something to do with being almost like denamed but uh we'll get past that so persona non grata like excommunication exists within the military world and those who are within the communications or the publication side also have a blacklist and that the blacklist is private and it changes a little bit from group to group or person to person but the way that somebody gets their name on the blacklist where no publication will work with them and no publication or uh, producer will spend time with them is one, if a person accepts free stuff for no work exchanged and under the, well, I'm sorry, a person uses their credentials to get free work, free stuff in exchange for work, but then doesn't do the work. Or more importantly, if a person is discovered to be ex accepting a certain amount of money or accepting money in exchange for favorable reviews. And so as much as that, as much as that might be an explanation for those within or those who are outside of that circle, there's something to be said here about how our economy works as well. For those who are concerned or frustrated that everybody in this industry except for them is getting something for free, let me explain this to you. In the normal world outside of the gun culture, you, are, you have a large suite of tools at your disposal to get word out about your product, your content, your material. You can use Google ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads. You can use social media. You can use all of these different platforms to openly and uh, you can you uh, to openly and directly advertise your product, which will use algorithmic learning to use the collected data on potential customers to target them with ads that are specific to your product. So, if you are a blanket company and you sell blankets, and you you can. You can advertise your products on platforms that will prioritize the factors that uh, the factors in customer. They'll prioritize customers who have the factors which have been determined to may uh, to be uh, understood as more likely to buy your product. It's a very uh, it's a very bad way of saying it, but there is outside of the gun industry. A plethora of tools, including algorithmic learning and 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 so on and so forth, that all of these companies have at their disposable disposal to sell their product. The gun culture does not. You cannot. You are um, Daniel Defense. Let's just use Daniel Defense as an example because they've been in the uh, they've been in the hot seat for a little while. Daniel Defense cannot do go on to instagram and market a mark 18 the same way that a chinese company can market a soft pornography video game to its to uh, users on the platform daniel defense cannot market a rifle their delta 5 their new delta or their newer delta 5 pro or whatever the name is it for now they cannot market that firearm in the same way that somebody can market say um 
bookshelves or lamps or lightings or computers or playstations or whatever it is they have to follow certain regulations and and platforms like these do not do put in place limitations as to what those companies can do now there are some ways around it but one of the more effective ways and specific ways is to hire and use influencers so instead of getting the same bang for your buck that everybody else is dealing with, the gun culture and the gun industry has to use a different method. And the one of the more effective and, let's just say, personal methods is actually people of influence within this industry. Now, it doesn't mean that people's integrity cannot be bought. It doesn't mean that people's integrity cannot be broken. But before you go into great lengths criticizing on how everybody in this industry is a shill, you might want to get a little bit read up on exactly how this economy works. It's not so simple. It's not like everybody else's business. In fact, there's a phenomena that keeps happening over and over again. And it happen every time it happens, it's sort of like, well, it, it would be it would literally it would be the opposite of an angel gets its wings. It'd be sort of like an angel is taken, his wings are ripped off, and he's thrown back to earth, and it's miserable. But you'll find these individuals who have made a name for themselves and made some money or made some wealth out in the in the world, and they decide that they're going to buy a firearms related company because, you know, how is it that the a company with such a good product is doing so poorly, or they would they'll invest into it in certain ways. And so these people will come from outside of the gun culture. These business owners will come from outside of the gun culture thinking that they know their stuff. And the answer is they do outside. They do outside of gun culture. And then they so they so they buy a brand or they buy a product, they buy a brand and they de they decide that because and yes, yeah, some of these brands have become for sale because of things like Sandy Hook and so forth, whether it's Vista Outdoors selling to a Czechoslovakian company, or whether it's uh, Freedom Group selling off its different products in the wake of this or that whatever event. So yeah, these companies end up going up for sale, and a and a, a businessman, a person with some wealth from outside of the gun culture, buys the company and then quickly finds out that he cannot market it the same way that he has marketed all of his other companies. The, the same way that he's not able to build wealth through that product the same way that he has been with all of his other things. And so what we recognize and what we need to recognize on both ends of this, this uh, equation or this exchange is that the gun industry or the gun, the firearms industry has a very limited avenue of approach to reach you as a customer. And in on top of all of that, every time they try to create some form of marketing, they are now under threat that some um, some uh, lawyer out of New York City will sue them for millions upon millions of dollars if, as the president has stated in his five actions for the uh, Office of Gun Violence Prevention, if we can remove immunities from manufacturers. So, in other words, yes, we have some challenges with the ethics that go on within this culture, and we have some issues that take place with dubious or unclear forms of marketing when you claim that your product is American-made, but it turns out to be made in Mexico, or when you claim that you are 100% American-financed, but your hardware, your, your hardware is being produced in China, we have to figure this out. So the second thing, the second component of materials, 
or so so to reiterate to, re, to reiterate the last one freeloaders sandbaggers and mooches a freeloader are you uh are you trying to get the free side are you only subscribed on the free level of this community or are you pulling your own weight and the last component on what this sounds like is right now we are talking about community all the time gun culture is on the community kick it's the buzzword if you were going to do keywords in a cnn style article the word community would be all over the place because that's what people are looking for and if you want to be a part of the gun community are you producing it yourself are you adding value are you seeking it out or are you expecting are you acting like somewhere out there a bunch of people are going to produce a community and then invite you into the fold there is a certain amount of irony that we i experienced when i went to ukraine and uh, I went to Ukraine about four days after Russia invaded, and this was in that surge where you saw these influencers and people trying to like, you know, oh, go fight in behalf of Ukraine, and you had almost this like giant volunteer army. And Ukraine had opened up its doors to some extent, saying that it was inviting in foreigners to join the Ukrainian Foreign Legion. If you remember this time, it was a lot. There was a lot going on very quickly. But I went over as a journalist for the most part, which is probably the most despicable way of doing it. And one thing that I encountered time and time again is that you would have these, you'd find these Americans who would go, they would, they would, they would find their way over to Ukraine, they'd buy their own flights, and they would expect to be joining the Ukrainian Foreign Legion. And they had this attitude, like as soon as they entered the country, they'd be hailed as a hero, given a set of quad nods, and a suppressed AK-74 or whatever, and then integrated into some secret super special Russian, or I'm sorry, secret super special Ukrainian special operations group, and then go fight the Russians. When in reality, they were probably given something that hasn't seen the light of day or, oil, or any sort of oiling or maintenance since the 80s, and they were expected to protect a gateway or fight in a trench. And so the issue here is that how many of us within gun culture are expecting are, are, are how many of us ex, uh, in this in gun culture are expecting a community to be ready made and designed with us in mind but are not willing to lift a finger to make it happen but how do you solve this go out and talk to people join a community join a church get involved with locals ask around play the long game i'm saying get out of your house and get over your lack of self confidence i believe in you that's all that's needed right now. So where are we at in this episode today? <clears throat> we've talked about some of the grievances that we've uh, addressed, and now we're moving and we've talked about freeloaders and mooches. The next thing, the next thing on the list is how much of us within gun culture tend to hoard information? I see this mostly within the Intel side of the gun culture. This is the the people who devise their uh, aesthetic and their uh, identity around this idea of being like an intel guy like they're helping spread good information about threats that are going on they're kind of like a halfway point between the propagandistic new big big company news media and the gun culture which is a good place to be but how many of us are hoarding useful information 
for the sake of releasing it at just the right time so that it makes us look good. This is a quick point to, to state, but it's something that will be poignant to those who know what I'm talking about and to those who are in this community. And that is, is your goal in bringing valuable intel and information to this community, is your goal to bring valuable intel or is it to look like the guy who brings valuable intel? Quite literally, it is the gun culture intel version of that Socrates challenge. Are you trying to be thought of as wise or are you trying to be wise? Are you trying to bring valuable intel to this community or be thought of as the guy or gal who brings valuable intel to this community? This criticism and challenge is pretty short because I think most of us are able to identify it quickly, but this is one for us to look inside. How much of the information that we spread is purely there for our perceived benefit? And how we challenge that is we spend the time and we put the work in to define our goals and why this information is valuable to each of us. The next point, which is something that has to do with more on how we have <clears throat> gotten here as a community, is to look outside the gun culture. There are other quote-unquote communities, or there are communities within the United States and the world beyond, that as soon as you join them, you are basked in this love-bombing experience. People come to you, you gain friends, followers, supporters, encouragement, money is thrown at you, as long as you say the current thing. Some At one point in time, the current thing was coming out as gay, or it was being in support of Black Lives Matter, or it was being pro-trans, or non-binary, or those, and that is just the political side of it. Yes, it's political. Don't make excuses. So the um, So this issue that's being brought up about it is you have if you join certain communities or you come out in support of, of certain communities those that organization that community goes out of its way to support you in response of course wouldn't you want to be a part of it as soon as you join the club everybody is into you and supporting you up it's quite literally the opposite of like the biker gang thing where you have to be a prospect for i don't know who knows whether it's a year or six months or whatever the brand is but the point being said is that in if you join the LGBTQ community, even as, a, as an ally, you immediately gain a thousand friends. If you join the gun culture, even as an experienced professional, you gain a thousand critics. And there is a good side and there is a dark side to this. The, the, the good side of the gun culture aspect and this is where i want to i want to actually i want to start with this because i think the negative side is a little bit more obvious but we have the issue of cult activity the difference between a cult and a religion is very often not found in its doctrine or its written works but it's more found in its practices a cult usually engages in something can be easily defined as something that engages in something called love bombing Love bombing is as soon as you say the current thing, everybody supports you and everybody loves you, and they tell you that you're great and you're fantastic and whatever. And there's a certain and there's there's a certain specific cultish activity, which is that you become the center point of the universe. The difference between a Gnostic cult and Christianity is that when you undergo baptism in Christianity, it's not about you; 
It's about you being redeemed by God or by Christ, by the death of Christ. Whereas in a Gnostic cult, it is about how you have joined the group of secret believers who know the secret knowledge, and it's about you. You are one of us, one of us, one of us. And so as we address that problem within the practice of it, a cult focuses on love bombing and the isolation of apostates. The only thing worse than an unbeliever to a cult is an apostate, whereas a religion, specifically one like Christianity, can abide the existence of non-believers so long as those non-believers are not destroying or actively attacking the, 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 the individuals within the church itself. So a cult, the existence of a cult, cannot, can, has a difficulty abiding non-believers, but somebody who left the cult is an apostate. And then an apostate is something to be destroyed because it is an affront, affront to the legitimacy of the cult. Christianity does not need believers to be existent. It simply is the way that it is. So when people leave the church, we find it tragic. However, when people leave a cult, it is not just a tragedy. It is an affront. It is an insult. It is a challenge to the legitimacy of the organization as a whole. And so gun culture <clears throat> recognizes that people can leave gun culture. You can step out. But and we have we and we but more importantly, we don't participate so much in that love bombing welcome. Rather, it's that when you enter into gun culture, you're going to find yourself with critics. How many of us support one another when we join the group? How many of us add value to the team when somebody else joins our ranks? What are we sharing? What are we hoarding? What are we doing for ourselves? The advantage here, the good thing, is that at what we can safely say is that the gun culture community or whatever is not specifically a cult. We might use it as a joke. We might use it as a community phrase, but we know it as a sense of humor. But in one of the ways that we don't participate, one of the ways that we avoid being are some of the cultural pitfalls that face other movements or communities is that we do not engage in the same amount of love bombing. But the problem stands on the, the problem remains. Do we actually support one another? And the answer is no. No, we do not. We do not support each other. We do not provide an alternative or a counter to that criticism. If a person joins the gun culture, he receives a thousand critics. But if he gets something right, nobody bats an eye. When there's a shooting in Maine, there are a thousand or are there are thousands of thousands of people sharing and spreading the information of the anti-gun cult, the cult of safety, and their information is being spread and shared and liked and commented on, but the gun culture's response is to send its individual tribes out to attack and defend its position, or to attack bad points, arguments, and defend its position as the right to bear arms. So we are at a issue here. The gun culture outright refuses to support its people. It outright refuses to support people who have put in the work to build themselves a platform worthy of participation. And so 
if you want to understand the economics of the situation, if a person builds a platform within this community and the community does not fiscally support it, they will turn to sponsors. And if sponsors do not, they will have to find something else. Why does this community rely on literally everybody else to foot the bill for our participation? Do you want somebody to build a platform that shares good information for you, but you don't want to pay for it? Then, an, then a, then you want to know who's going to end up paying for it. It's either going to be an advertiser or, Lord willing, YouTube will monetize the channel, or whatever, or they're going to have to sell merch or something. But you don't get anything for free. And the the non cult nature, perhaps the anti cult nature that exists within gun culture, works in our favor on the one hand, but does not have a backstop. It does not have something to counter it. You will either find yourself crashing on the shores of an angry mob, or you will go on in ambiguity forever. Whatever, right? And the last thing, and the last thing that has to be addressed within this commentary on how gun culture refuses not only not only does it tear itself apart but it refuses to support itself is this recently on in on i think it was on twitter there's a video that was being that was traveling around the the circuit of a bunch of young marines who are likely not infantry or some sort of combat arms who knows though uh d doing magazine reloads in front of a camera and they looked young and they looked sloppy and they looked like they could use some work but they're also young and they look like they could use some work, but they were still doing it. And the entire, uh, what I, for a while, all of the comments and all the direction that I saw, see, there are a lot of the challenges that I saw in reflection to these people were older veterans who had gotten out of the military who were talking about how the standards were falling. Look, man, I was in the Ranger Battalion 10 years ago. I can say back in my day, back when it was hard, all day long. I can say that. But what 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 the, the the problem that it produces and the challenge that it produces to this community is if you were in the military and you're an NCO and the standards fell while on your watch, are you not responsible? I don't care if the officers are curmudgeonly shitbag. I don't care if every single element of the, the community is against your position. The, tr the point that we're trying to address here is if you were the NCO in charge of privates, minions, whatever, and, your, and, and during your watch, the standards fell, do you really get to blame the institution for the way that things are collapsing? If you were an NCO and you were responsible for the building up of, your, of the people beneath you, and the environment changed in such a way which made it difficult, are you not still responsible for the raising of those young warfighters to be capable? So if you were a team leader in an infantry battalion and this video was being disseminated about how this infantry group was not very good at rifle reloads, and you had the responsibility of training up that private team leader, are you not in some way responsible for the degradation of the standards? Where does that line of responsibility end? And more importantly, how much does it matter in the long run? You cannot have a place on the team if it's always somebody else's fault. This community, the gun culture, is inherently decentralized.
And one of the challenges of being decentralized, uh, something where we don't have a central hierarchy or a central, central leadership, is that it falls on each and every one of us to uphold the standards and carry it forward to the next generation. If you want the freedom and liberty of a decentralized organization or community, but you are not willing to bear the responsibility of the individual to uphold the standards and bring them into the next generation, then you are responsible for the collapse of the community. You individually as well as us collectively. If we are choosing, if we stand at the door and say, not my, you know, not my zoo not my problem or not my was it not my clown not my circus if we stand here and say that we are not responsible for the bringing up of the next generation if we say that the world is so corrupt therefore i'm just going to uh you know complain and isolate myself then we are responsible for the collapse of western civilization We've talked quite a bit about gun culture's grievances in this last e example, and quite frankly, I've had to record it multiple times so that it does not simply come across like I am complaining about solution or complaining about problems without providing solutions. And so I'll go back to the examples of the earlier grievances. If you are espousing the value of supporting local and you do not support local, then you are a hypocrite and deserve ridicule. If you work for an org or if you are a company and a business in this industry and you cannot pay employees to retain their position, you cannot complain when they leave. If you are an employer or an individual within this industry and explain to your staff that they are easily replaceable by a thousand YouTubers, then I suggest you find a different industry to engage in. If you are a freeloader expecting everybody to provide everything for you, I'm going to warn you, you're going to be lonely for a long time. If you're hoarding information from that is useful to the survival and well and well-being of this community, and you're hoarding that information so that you can advantageously dry up it at the right time in order to make yourself look good, then you are a net negative to this group. And then finally, we recognize that we are not a cult. We are not interested in love bombing. We don't get artificial support in this community. We all have to work for it. But if you're going to be critical of this industry and you want to participate in this in this uh, in the, into this culture, if you want to support and build one another up, you cannot simply just be an anonymous critic standing at the sidelines holding people accountable. And I use that with a certain amount of disdain. I don't need you to hold me accountable. I don't need you to hold anybody else accountable except for those who you have relationship with. The people that we hold accountable are the ones that we can address directly. If I know you and I can talk to you and I have an issue with something that you're doing, I can do it because I can talk to you. If you have no relationships, you cannot hold people accountable. And that is the cruel but absolute limit of this community. If I don't know you, if I don't have, if we have had zero time building any sort of relationship with each other, if we have no connection professionally or otherwise, then the challenge that we face is this holding accountable uh, excuse it has to have either a counterbalance. That means, oh, if they change, are you going to support them? Or there has to be some sort of solution. 
And then finally, if we're going to complain about standards lowering, if we're going to talk about how it's all falling apart and it's all going to hell and we're not going to pull our own weight, then we are at least in part responsible for the collapse going forward, both within the community and outside of the community. If we are willing to watch the forces that amass against us who have built their campaigns and their ideologies and their worldview around the isolation and enslavement of your population and you sit on your thumb and do nothing because the warlord over there won't help you if you think that you can sit and wait it out and you have no willing to won't no willingness to participate then you as well as everybody who will suffer bears some responsibility for the future that we face if you want to be a part of the gun culture you have to pay your dues and as you do, you will find your sense of community in, in, what we're, in, in where we are and who we are and what we do. If you want to be a part of this group, you have to buy in. You have to do the work. And we all talk about this, and it's just not very clear. But that doesn't mean people aren't figuring it out. And so I welcome you into this community. I welcome you to put down the axes and start figuring out how we're going to support one another, whether it's through... Our, our, our companies or whatever you want to do it but as we go forward and as we go forward if we do not support one another we should not expect to be around for much longer because if it is just a bunch of people infighting in between periods of great threat and danger then that period of infighting is when all hell will break loose it is when we will break down our own foundations and one day the invading empire will win so if that is who you are and you want to be a part of this community and you want to hold the standards and you want to build up the next generation, I welcome you to join us and we will be leaving this episode with our, with, we will be leaving this episode with one final sense of encouragement. You are not alone out there. You are not alone. This community is looking for, or this, this gun culture is looking for people to join up with one another, to build into each other's lives, to invest, to take time. There are people within this culture and this community who are looking to no longer be isolated. And so if you are finding yourself in that position, I suggest you reach out. You get to know one another. You can reach out to us here over at Redacted. And we will see if there are ways that we can continue staying together as a community. If you want to support the community, you know how to do that. You can either support products like this or productions like this one through our locals, or you can head over to anybody else. It's not really about that. The issue is, and the point that I'm trying to address, is that the enemies and the, the people that we are up against are very, very much so willing to support one another. But when it comes to this community, nope, we do. We hold our cards so tight to our chest that it will be our destruction. That being the case, thank you for joining in. Thank you for listening. If you are a part of this, I thank you very much. That being the case, go forth and conquer.